Hey, greetings, everyone. Lieutenant Colonel Allen West, and welcome to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. You gotta light them up before they burn it down. This episode of the Steadfast and Law Podcast is brought to you by our dear friends at the United States Concealed Carry Association. Being a responsibly armed citizen and American is both an honor and a responsibility, and it is not one to be taken lightly. If you own a gun, then you need the self-defense education training and self-defense liability insurance that you get with a USCCA membership. Click Learn More below right now to explore your membership options, which are risk-free with the United States Concealed Carry Association's Bulletproof Money Back Guarantee. Guys, the United States Concealed Carry Association was founded to help responsibly armed Americans like you They're committed to providing life-saving self-defense resources to help you and your family be safe. When you activate your membership, you'll automatically get a life-saving self-defense education, industry-leading training, plus self-defense liability insurance. Don't wait until it's too late. Click Learn More below right now. And as always, the USCCA is not an insurance company. A policy has been issued to the USCCA by Universal Fire and Casualty Insurance Company. That policy provides the association and its members with self-defense liability insurance subject to its terms, conditions, limitations, and exclusions. Hey, greetings, everyone, and welcome back to the Steadfast and Law podcast. And as promised, we're here with a couple of members. One is part of the Frisco ISD Board of Trustees, and another wants to be on the Frisco ISD Board of Trustees. And one of the things that you have always heard hear me say is that the most important elected position in the United States of America is school board. And I think finally we have awakened to understand why that's so important, because there's an indoctrination of our children going on, not an education of our children and you look at the teachers unions and their stance they're very happy with the direction that they see things are going and when we see that our kids are not getting the right teaching as far as math and science and those critical aspects and then also they're being forced into a lot of this gender dysphoria and all of these other uh, leftist cultural Marxist uh, points of ideology. I thought it was great that we have a couple of folks that are inside that bubble. So Marvin Lowe is a member of the Frisco Independent School District School Board here in Texas. He represents place number two. Marvin assumed office on June the 13th of 2002, and his term will end in 2025. He ran for election to the Frisco Independent School District. Uh, to represent place two in Texas, and you won your general election on May the 7th of 2022 with 39.9%. Your opponent had 39.4%, a close race indeed. I was following that. Marvin is a native of Los Angeles, California, and has been a Frisco ISD resident since 2007. He received a bachelor's degree in business management and is a real estate broker, and he has four kids, two boys, two girls, and they are all Frisco ISD students. 
And we have Reed Bond. Reed is a proud father of two Frisco ISD students and a devoted husband to his wife, an amazing Frisco ISD teacher. And like his wife, Mr. Bond also served as a Frisco ISD educator. And during his time in the Frisco ISD, he was promoted to the position of assistant principal for both a Frisco ISD middle school and Frisco ISD high school where he delivered transformational leadership through instruction, professional development, discipline, and intervention programs, serving hundreds of teachers and thousands of students and their families. Prior to his years in public education, Reed Bond proudly served his country in the United States Air Force. Just to let you know, I couldn't pass the Air Force IQ test. That's why I went to the Army. As a company-grade officer at the Air National Air and Space Intelligence Center. He modeled foreign integrated air defense systems in support of U.S. intelligence analysis. His education consists of a bachelor's of science in industrial engineering from Texas Tech University. Red Raiders, got a little problem with your basketball coach out there. A master's of science in systems engineering from the Air Force Institute of Technology and a Texas principal certification from Lamar University. Gentlemen, thank you for being here to the Fast and Law podcast. Thank Thanks you. for having us. Let's start with you. Since you're sitting in place number two on the Frisco Independent School District Board of Trustees, what has been this experience so far? And was it what you expected? What what, what do you think has been different or, or what have you, Marvin? Well, first of all, I want to thank you because you were at the first ev public event that I gave when I announced my candidacy. You were there and you were expressing the importance of uh, school board trustees. And that was when I first heard you say that it was the most important elected uh, position in our country. And so I, I really want to thank you for that. My pleasure. Uh, I ran for the Frisco Independent School District's Board of Trustees because there was a lot of talk about CRT, critical race theory. And uh, I had lived in, Fr in Frisco, Texas since 2007, and it was a fairly right of center community. And uh, I didn't think we had the same problems as uh, Austin or Dallas. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I decided just to call the board up to email them and find out what their position was on CRT. And it surprised me when I got these pat answers. We're not allowed to teach CRT. Well, I know you're not allowed to teach CRT. What do you think about it? And they wouldn't answer my question. Mm -hmm. And this one particular trustee just got very snarky and condescending to me. And that's what motivated me to run. That kind of sounds small, but I that's what made that's the one thing that made me run. Nothing else. Well, I don't think it's small because, you know, you have people in elected positions. They're supposed to be working for you. They're supposed to be having that, you know, back and forth communication because you're entrusting your child to them. But yet when you get those talking point uh, responses, that inspired you to do something about it. And now read you're stepping in the cauldron. You have already been there as an educator, uh, an assistant principal. Your wife is an educator. What motivates you then to want to run to be uh, on the Frisco Independent School District, uh, place number four? Great question. And uh, again, uh, Colonel West, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Um, a lot of reasons, but I'll, I'll say this. Um, a year ago, the school year that the 2021-2022 school year was very difficult for everyone in education mm -hmm. in Frisco ISD, perhaps nationally. Um, but COVID. COVID, it was post-COVID, you know, all the kids coming back on campus. There's a lot of challenges to deal with. And our teachers are really struggling to hang on. 
Last school year, we lost 1,100 education professionals, and 860 of those were teachers. That is a huge number. Um, HR came back later and said it was because of COVID and the Great Resignation. I didn't leave because of COVID and the Great Resignation. I left because on my campus alone, we had 60 arrests for felonies. Mm. That was all I was doing all day at a high school at my campus. And because of this, and and it's a complex problem, right, that we need to get control of. Um, But because of this, I wasn't able to support teachers and students like I should be as an assistant principal anymore because my hands are tied up doing all these other things Mm -hmm. with, frankly, crime on our campus. And it was just, it was too much. It wasn't a long-term solution anymore. But I am so excited now because I have an opportunity to, without having my hands tied, get back to supporting teachers and students and families in our district. And I love Frisco ISD. I came here in 2000, um, back to North Texas in 2007 when I got out of the Air Force and put a pin on the map. Frisco is where I want to be. Um, still love it here. My kids are in the district. My wife is in the district. Love public education. And I'm really excited about an opportunity now where I can really affect change and really get back to helping teachers and going back to the basics with that. Well, and and you guys kind of bring up a, a good point in that, you know, Frisco, Texas is, you know, suburb of Dallas. And, and I live in Dallas County. Most people say Dallas County is lost. But you would think up there, Collin County, Denton County, maybe a little bit, that, you know, things are somewhat different. And you've seen an incredible amount of growth in Frisco. I mean, the Dallas uh, headquarters, the Star, and and their practice facility is there. Liberty Mutual Toyota, North America, PGA uh, Championship. I mean, the PGA uh, headquarters is moving there. Universal Parks, I guess, going to put a theme park up there. So you think everything's hunky-dory and going on great. But that's probably the challenge when you see a lot of influx of people coming and maybe they have different perspectives and different belief systems. Am I right, Trustee Lowe? You're absolutely right. And you see a lot of cars driving around with bumper stickers that say, don't Californianize my Texas. And it's not that people do not want Californians here, but to me, California is almost a failed state. The policies just don't work. And then we have more and more people moving here who don't realize it's some kind of cognitive disconnect that the people who they were voting for are the reasons they have the situation that they do. And they're coming down here and they're voting the same way. Uh, And Frisco was, you might know, was voted as like one of the best place cities in the country, country. you know, not Texas, but the whole Mm -hmm. country. And it is a great place to live. It's awesome. And we have great schools, but a lot of that is PR. And I know it's not nice to say that, but a lot of it is. A lot of it, I'll bet you nobody knew about the 60 felony arrests. Mm -hmm. And that was before the, the riot at the end of the year. (laughs) <laughs> so but we, that too. we we don't say things like that because yeah. we're Frisco. And my thing is that that is, does not represent the majority, the majority of Friscoites. Mm-hmm. And so we just address the problems and not cover them up. 
And if we deal with the problems, we could go for it. We could be a great city, but you're not a great city if you're only a great city in terms of PR and what we let people know. And It's kind of like the Potemkin Village where you have that facade that people see, but then when they peek around you know, b- b- behind the storefront, then they really see what's going on. That's exactly right, Colonel. Yeah. Now, you brought up a great point, Reed, in that you've been there in the classroom. Your, your wife is still in the classroom, and you've been a, an assistant principal. How did you see the, the school board, the trustees, which are where the policies are made, how were they a hindrance to what is happening down there where the rubber meets the road in the classroom? Yeah, it's a great question. To be honest with you, most teachers and assistant principals, I, I like to call them street-level bureaucrats yeah. and government um, officials working with the public on the ground every day. We don't think about the board. When I say we, I mean as an educator on a campus. You know, we don't think about the board that much. Uh, it doesn't enter daily conversation very often. Um, we think about higher level administration because that's where our directives are coming from, sure. right? We assume the board is elected by the people to represent the will and the interests of the constituents, the people of the community, um, and and that the district leadership is answerable to the board. Um, what I've learned recently upon more further inspection into this, and it's not just here, this is a problem in a lot of places, is that there's often a, a, a culture where the board members are really just pretty faces to rubber stamp the administrative agenda. And I think COVID opened up a lot of people's eyes mm-hmm. to what was going on in school systems. And they saw that that wasn't, that that was the relationship when really it should be this is your elective representative. You set board members should be setting policy, and that should policy policy should be carried out. So there's a, the, the political landscape is changing, as you know, rapidly right now, um, and it's because I think a lot of community members are realizing that their their values and their voices aren't being represented in their school districts, and they want trustees that will go up and fight for what they want. Now, what's the current composition of the Frisco Independent School District Board? When you say uh, current composition, these are nonpartisan positions. They, they say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, when I look at it from a conservative versus liberal perspective or a traditional values perspective, we have two trustees, myself and Stephanie Eli, mm-hmm. who are more right of center. The rest of the board, I, I won't even say what they are ideologically. They don't see their positions as representing the people. They're happy to be there. I'm a Frisco trustee. And these people, the administrator, they are professionals. They have their doctors in education. And we could just do what they want us to do. Seems to be the general attitude. So it's conservative principled people. You have a couple of them. Then you have the majority, the rest of them, who just really do the bidding of the administration. Is it five It's There's seven total members. So there are two that are conservative and five that... More, yeah, more so lean toward a, a progressive type of education ideology. You know, some of them call themselves Republicans, but they won't do anything to stop CRT. They won't do anything to stop yeah. pornography in our schools. They won't do anything to stop uh, the 
males using females' bathrooms. Yeah. So that's why I say it's kind of hard to yeah. put them in a category. Well, it's interesting because what you just kind of brought up is, I put it in a military perspective, is that you have the, the senior level leadership, you have the uniform services, uh, but then you also have that civilian oversight over the military. And so the military just not go out there and do whatever Sam Hill they want. Okay. You have those individuals, uh, you know, being elected representatives or the, uh, the department of defense or whomever that has to make sure you're doing the right thing. So what are the type of things that you would like to see changed in that relationship between that, uh, administrative or the teaching side and then the board of trustees? Yeah, I think Marvin, you hit on something important and that's, you know, you and you and uh, the other conservative board member, uh, Stephanie, he mentioned her. Mm-hmm. It, to me, it's not just that it's not a conservative liberal thing. It's um, we have problems that we can solve. And we need to focus on the problems that are occurring in our school system, like our academic excellence is being heavily watered down. Our graduates are not being taken seriously by major universities, admissions offices, because we, they know that we do waterfall grading and standards-based learning, and the kids can turn in. Explain that to the audience. Yeah, so there's um, there's, a, there's this idea that comes from a good place. It's an interventionist sort of idea that students should be graded based only on their mastery of a skill in the present moment, period. It should not. They should not be assessed on their timeliness of completing the task or turning things in or how many times they got to retest because they can do it. You ain't getting through ranger school like that. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and and yeah. here's, here's the thing. <laughs> Teachers hate it. They're having to grade things that are six weeks late. Parents hate it because they're like, you mean your teacher said you don't have to turn it? You can t- test again? You know, parents hate it. Teachers hate it. And I don't know. It's probably sounded like a good idea upon its initial implementation, but it's a, it's a massive failure. It's a problem, and it's causing our students not to have the academic rigor they need. And now yeah. universities are wise to this, and they're ranking Frisco ISD graduates lower. This is a bi- this is a nonpartisan issue that sure. we can fix. Like, there are other things nonpartisan issue. Here's one: uh, teachers are losing more and more support. They're having their desktop computers taken out of their classroom, so they have like a screen like this and a keyboard. How are you supposed to take attendance and do all the things that you need to do yeah. that you know that you actually need to keep the kids from seeing in your classroom? If they're sit- they're sitting down for ten minutes to take a quiz, teachers need that ten minutes to go take care of some business. Yeah. They can't do that anymore. They're having filing cabinets taken away, printers taken away, furniture refreshes to the to the tune of a, a million dollars per campus. Well, what's the purpose? Uh, that's a great question, and I want to find out more about what the purpose of all this is. Because well, who's making that decision? Uh, okay. I don't know, but as as a trustee, I want to I want to really look into why this is happening. Teachers are they're they're losing the support and they're afraid to speak up about it because they see our board take a, a mom comes to the microphone mm-hmm. and expresses, "Hey, my teacher is is struggling because you took her desktop computer away." That's on film because all of the board yeah is open. So the uh, board president took that, blurred her face. And made a correcting the commentary video and put it out on YouTube and attach it to the Frisco ISD website. Is this going to encourage more community to come? It's called censorship. Yeah. And it's really intimidation yeah. as well. And then, so teachers aren't going to stick their neck yeah. out. You know, they're afraid to lose their job if they say anything. Well, speaking of censorship and intimidation, uh, Trustee Lowe, you kind of become a good friend of the Dallas Morning News here recently. And, uh, you know, I think we were up to about three or four articles about you. 
talk to us about this situation because you're making a firm stance and that we need to be focused on educating our kids and not this whole thing about a person gets to use the bathroom of their choice or their chosen gender. I mean, you can change the outward, but the inward is not changed. The inward appearance is not changed. So what's this fight that you're having right now? And why is that so important that you make? Right now, I think even though ideologically, people, the people who file the complaint and the people who support the complaint on the board, even though they are aligned and believe that, I think that a lot of this has come out because Reed and Susan Kershaw are running and they're trying to sully me and thus sully the people who I would support. So first of all, that's what it is, is politics. But if I were gonna go dive into the genesis of this quote controversy, uh, what happened, I was invited, or not, well, I, I was at a TASB, TASA. Texas Association of School Boards. School Boards and Texas Association of uh, School Administrators. Okay. So we had a conference in September, and one of the breakout sections talked about students and transgenderism. And the ACLU hosted that along with another. Uh, so the ACLU, let me get this right. For all the folks that think Texas is this great bastion, the ACLU is hosting an event about Texas education, which involves the Association of School Boards and the Association of School Members. Uh, so, administrators. administrators. ACLU. Okay, now you can proceed. I just want y'all to. This breakout session. And in this session, they have the ACLU attorney, they have a transgendered male. I think that's what he got. She she was born a woman, and she said she transferred into a man. Then we had a mom there, and we had the, her daughter, who was a 15-year-old girl at the time and transitioning into a boy. I listened to the whole spill and how we had to accommodate these people, bathrooms, locker rooms, Title IX, and how it applied to people who were transitioning from one sex to another. Uh, I listened to it. My heart went out to the young girl who was transitioning into a boy. I went up to her after the whole event, and I said, there's going to be people who don't understand you, don't understand where you are, but just know that we love you. Know that people love you and want the best for you. Well, at that time, her mom came over, and she heard me talking, and she thought I was affirming all of this, and I, I wasn't. I, my heart just went out to the girl. Yeah. Didn't want to engage in politics, just wanted to say that and leave. And her mother starts telling me, uh, you know, talking about transgenderism and wanting to get me on board. And I, well, I, I don't quite agree with that, yeah. but, you yeah. know, and then she keeps on. And Now you're the enemy. Yeah. And yeah. then I say, hey, look, I don't believe that girls should use boys' bathrooms. And she talks a little, I don't believe that girls should be in a boys' locker room. I said, guys walk around naked. I didn't use the verbiage that the Dallas Morning News says I use. But I said, I don't think, you know, guys walk around naked. If a girl who thinks she's a boy hasn't had any surgeries, she's walking around naked. That's not healthy. Yeah, but think about what just happened up in Virginia where you had the young man that says, you know, I'm identifying as a girl. And next thing you know, we have, I think, three cases of sexual assault against, you know, females in, in the locker rooms. And then, of course, that's taken away from what the, the school is there supposed to do, which is educating. Look, 
if you want to make a, a choice like that as an adult, then make that choice as an adult. But we should not do that with kids. And furthermore, you know, the American Psychiatric Association said that this is a mental condition. That, that, that's the American Psychiatric Association. That's not West. That's not Bond. That's not Low. So we have this this very serious issue that for whatever reason we have adults that are, you know, fomenting it and to the detriment of, of a child and the next thing you know, we have later issues for that person later on. And so now you as the teacher or the principal, you're told that you have to affirm that person and you have to use the pronouns of their choice. Uh, and the students are told that or else they get lawsuits brought against them. It just disrupts everything in, in the school. Uh, I, I will add to that or I, I comment that Frisco never told me that I had to use a certain pronoun with anybody. Um, I would caution everyone to understand that it is happening other places. And if we don't stand up to that sort of thing, it will happen in Frisco also. Uh, I worked with a lot of transgender students and you, you hit on a, a great point that, you know, what's going on in their home? We can't yeah. do anything about that. What we can do is love them when they come to school. Right. And as a teacher, as an administrator, I made all kinds of accommodations. You know, they use um, gender neutral bathrooms like the, the nurse's office, things like that. Um, I've worked with a lot of transgender kids and had good relationships with them. Uh, I think that another alarming trend that we're seeing is that, again, mostly other places, but it's starting to seep into Frisco mm -hmm. as well, is that from a young age, young grades, we're wanting to talk about those things in classrooms. Well, and cool. that is not a topic for the school. No. That's a topic for the families at home. And we need to, and even though it's not necessarily just rampant everywhere we need, do need to know it's coming because in other parts of the country that are not like-minded with our part of the country they're totally okay with this and if we don't stand up and put some barriers in place now then that will happen here yeah you gotta nip it yeah. in the bud early on right. now let's talk about the the textbook issues or, or the books in the library are y'all finding that as well yeah i found some myself when i was an ap at a middle school I would go, like, a kid would bring the, Mr. Bond, do you know that this is in our library? No, I'm sorry about that. Take it out. Throw it away. I mean, it's that simple. I don't know why it's so hard to say, hey, there's a, you know, um, sexually explicit or, uh, you know, obscene book in a ch child's library, especially middle school or elementary yeah. school. Why is that controversial to take those books out? That's completely mind-boggling. Well, now the the thing is that you're banning books. I mean, you know, they don't want to be specific in talking about that you are removing obscene material from minors, which any other place, if you were to try to take a, a minor into a, a triple X, you know, st store or something like that, you're contributing to the delinquency of a minor. But yet you can have the exact same type of material, you know, in a library or in a school. So, you know, again, that's one of the challenges that we have to get out front of and face. So let's talk about the election coming up. Where do you stand? I mean, you're about to have your big kickoff. When is the election? We had the kickoff. Uh, okay. Kickoff last Friday. It was fantastic. Good. Um, got a lot of support. I am I am blown away by how many people are just saying, like, Reed, thank you so much for doing this. And we'll be praying for you because they're coming for you. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I'm starting to see some of that, but that's okay. Um, the cause is worth it. You know, I didn't have to do this. When I when I got out, I was kind of like, I need, I need to move on with my life, you know. Um, but a bunch of my supporters... When I say supporters, I mean other educators that mm -hmm. I've worked with for years got in my ear and said, Reed, you might be one of the few most qualified people to actually do something about this. No, without a doubt. Yeah, and they, they kept getting back in my ear, and I'm like, no, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> but then I started to think about it, and then I started to pay attention to what was going on with censoring the parents. 
And I was like, I, I cannot sit by and let this continue. Um, it, I, again, I love this place. I came to this place on purpose. So we, we're not going anywhere. My, my wife's still a teacher. She, she yeah. loves it. My kids love their school. Um, and so, you know, I'm just really excited to get the opportunity to get back in now and actually, you know, be able to make effective change without having my hands tied by, you know, red tape and administrative, you know, tasks and things like that. Well, without a doubt, this election for the Frisco Independent School District will shift, quote unquote, the balance of power. Uh, because if these Reed and the other young lady that's running, if she comes in and joins with uh, the two of you, now we have a four to three there and you can start refocusing that uh, board from a policy perspective on educating our children. And so if that were to occur, what would be some of the things that you would look to making sure that you do with a new uh, independent school district? That's a very good question, uh, Colonel. Um Right now, there, there are problems or situations that we have to correct and things that we would do right away. Uh, Reed, who I'm very excited about running, by the Thank way, I, I'm just excited to be behind you and excited about your knowledge about the, the uh, district and what you're going to be able to add to the board. But some of the things you talked about is excellence in education. I have a son who's graduating. He's going to A&M, not Tennessee. That's all right. I'll be at that football game this fall. So tell him to learn how to sing Rocky Top. Although y'all did just beat us pretty good in basketball. So, yeah. Uh, but it, it, anyway, he, he's never made a B. Has a 5.24 GPA. He's wow. graduated in the top 5% of his class. He got a fantastic education in Frisco. Mm -hmm. It's different. They have things like bucket grading. Do you know what bucket grading is, by no, the way? No, you're going to tell me. Bucket grading is 100 and a 94. Anything in that range is the same way. It's the same thing. Okay. So you get 100, somebody gets a 94, it's all an A, and they don't make any distinction. And just imagine if you were running track, and you said, everybody who runs a 4.340 and a 4.540, it's teaching our kids something, and it's all done in the name of equity, which is a totally different yes. animal. That's about outcomes. That's what it's all about. And so you have things like that that you just have to knock off. You have to end immediately. I mean, that's first day stuff. First day stuff. You can take tests over and over again. I mean, literally take tests over and over again. And it's not standard through the district. One high school... You can take a test over, but you can only score up to an 80. One, you can take it over five times, and you can score 100. Do so, you mind if I jump in real quick? Please, please. Yeah, because a, this is a really important point mm -hmm. he's bringing up. Um, two years, two and a half years ago now, um, it was rolled out for, uh, as a mandate district-wide, the standards-based learning, standards-based mindset, which would lead to standard-based grading. Don't worry about all the words right now. There was a two-year plan. They told every campus, you have two years to get to point X. How you get there during that two years is up to you. And so that's why you're seeing some different approaches to that, right? That two-year mark um, finished last May, okay, right when you were being elected. But what most people don't know, that only discussions happen at the administrative level, not even teachers, not certainly not the public, is that this wasn't a two-year plan. This is a 15-year plan I can believe to it. eliminate grades from 0 to 100 entirely. Now, how are graduates going to apply for colleges when, well, we, when we have a completely 
equity. The How are we going to compete against China? Okay. I mean, and see, that's the thing that people don't understand. You know, this little thing here in your independent school district has a national security ramification. Okay. Because there are people that are training hard, being in education or whatever, in discipline, in education or whatever. And they have this long-range plan as well. And so when we're sitting here coddling our kids and worrying about their social, emotional learning and feelings and, and equity and the quality of outcomes and everything, they're worrying about one thing. We're going to be competitive and we're going to kick your butt. And our kids aren't getting, you got to learn how to kick butt. You know, I can take the test over and over and over and over again. I can wait, you know, as long as I want to turn in an assignment. No. And then, of course, they go out into the real world and the boss says, you know, where's the project? I told you it had to be due, you know, in 24 hours. Well, you know, it can wait 96 hours. You're fired. And so this thing has multiple levels of ramifications and consequences for our culture and our society. And that's why, again, this is such an important position that you are in because you're setting the stage for the United States of America for the next 30, 40, 50 years with the minds of our young people. So I'll give you guys the last word. What's the one parting thing you want everyone in the steadfast and loyal audience to know about Marvin Lowe and what you're doing there in the Frisco Independent School District? Well, one thing I want to know is that I really care for our kids. I really care for our community, and I really love our country. Uh, this is a country that has given me great opportunity. I grew, here. I grew up in the hood. I grew up mm -hmm. in South Central L.A., and if had I known I was going to be living in Frisco, Texas, the best city in the United States, arguably, um, I would have thought I had died to go to heaven. But what I really want you all to know, this guy needs to get elected. He has to get elected. Susan Kershaw has to get elected because if they get elected, we can turn this whole thing around. It is not far gone. I mean, you look at some districts like I won't even name names, but they're gone. They're gone. They're, it, it is what it is. We can be different in Frisco. We can pursue excellence. We can be excellent. We can be the best at what we do. And that's what I want to pursue. And it's going to take getting Reed Bond and Susan Kershaw elected to make that happen. And where can people follow you, your website and everything, so that they can uh, keep tracks on what you're doing? Uh, Marvin Lowe for FISD.com. And you can find me on Facebook. I don't do a whole lot of social media, and I don't respond to a lot of stuff. But if you look me up, Marvin Lowe, uh, FISD, I'll be on Facebook. L-O-W-E for Lowe. That's, that's right, sir. Read final thoughts. Our teachers deserve to be treated like professionals. Um, and they're, they're not feeling that right now. And we need to get back to that. It may be more than just Frisco ISD, but we have, our teachers need to be treated and feel like professionals and given the autonomy in their classrooms to, to love their kids and to teach their kids. And uh, we've got to fix our transparency problem with the, mm. with the public, with the community, with the parents. Right now, the community doesn't trust the district. And the district is, is on edge with the community. I mean, there, there's a lot of tension. I believe we have practical problems that we can solve and that we can re rebuild that bridge. I believe it with all of my heart. That's why I'm still here. That's why my family's still here. Um, I was in education for 15 years. I know how it works. Yeah. I know how to solve problems. And we can do it. We can do it together. Um, but we've, we've got to get on that seat first. Um, you know, I've been, I've been a servant leader my entire, entire adult life. Mm -hmm. Air Force, then teacher, then administrator. And only recently have I left for the private sector. But this is a fantastic opportunity 
to continue to serve and make a positive change in our community. Well, I applaud both of you. And what's your website? Read Bond, the number four, readbond4fisd.com. You know, a little uh, trivia about me, you know, when I retired from the military back in 2004, I wanted to be a high school teacher and everything. And so I got on at Deerfield Beach High School down in uh, South Florida, coached the track team there and everything. And uh, a year of that, and I volunteered to go back to Afghanistan. Okay, so I, I, I applaud you guys for what you're doing, and, and you are at the tip of the spear for the future of this country. So Trustee Marvin Lowe and soon-to-be, let's pray over and let's make sure we confirm it, soon-to-be Trustee Reed Bond of the Frisco Independent School District. So people, please check out the Frisco Independent School District. Look up Trustee Marvin Lowe. Look up the campaign for Mr. <clears throat> Reed Bond and get involved and get engaged. Support them. I don't care where you are in the country. Send them prayers or what have you. School districts are so important. God bless you. Steadfast and Lord. Before they burn it down.